I'm thankful um, that God gives us another gracious opportunity. Although being absent from the body is to be present from, with the Lord, it is good to have another day in the land of the living. Um, I'm thankful and grateful for all that God did in and uh, through this ministry um, in uh, 2015 and excited to see what he is going to do this year. We'll be celebrating 10 years in September this year, launched, and so we'll be celebrating a decade. It just went by like that, 10 years, and so, um, and so we're thankful to the good God. Um, this week, as you know, we do solemn assembly every year. How many of you have participated by show of hands in the past in any of our solemn assembly? Put your hand up real, 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 real high. Real high, so I can see it, yeah. Solemn assembly is a time of, that we set aside to seek the Lord's face. This year, we're talking about aligned with the Lord based on Luke 22, 32, where um, the Lord Jesus Christ in the Garden of Gethsemane is in the midst of prayer, praying for the cup of wrath to pass from him. And then he said, in the midst of prayer, not my will, but thy will be done. And so our desire this year is to say that to the Lord all year long. How many of you want to say that to the Lord this year? Yeah, 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 not my will, not my will, thy will be done. And so that, that's what this year is about in the sense of our focus time in prayer. And we want that to permeate every single area of our lives in the mighty name of Christ so that we can um, be effective for him, but uh, experience his presence more powerfully and live for him more uh, with great, a greater sense of integrity and purpose. Uh, so, uh, as you know, tomorrow we'll, we'll be hanging out. You just hang out in your own homes. If you're a single or, or, or you got family or whatever, you just hang in your home by yourself in solitude before the Lord. And what I want you to do is write down some stuff that you want God to do this year. Um, uh, write down some stuff you want, not just for you, because uh, the list shouldn't be you. I'm going to give you a chart of some things. I'm going to have to erase some of my stuff off because some of my stuff's so personal. Uh, you know, that's between me, my wife, and the, Lord, and the Lord. So, but I'm gonna give you a template of how I've done it in the past, and my family have done it in the past, how we've done categories. And man, it's crazy to look back on those things. When we look back on our Solomon Assembly last year, I mean, my wife and I was thinking about it. We're about to come up on Solomon Assembly, and we're like, man, the Lord answered a ton of prayers last year. Um, and so, that's good when you chart stuff and you write stuff down. And then during the course of the year, you write down your frustrations and you write down your excitement. Then you look at God coming through, and you're like, dang, I can't believe I was there, you know, because of the way the Lord came through. And so, and what you, and so Wednesday, I mean, Tuesday, is, of course, is going to be in chosen clusters where you choose to be with other believers. It's not small groups for that one. That'll be Friday um, when we break the fast. But Tuesday, we'll be with other believers where you get together, share testimonies, pray for one another. Wednesday, we'll be here with a ton of other churches. We're asking you to register, not because, you know, you know, we're just having you register because last time it was, people were sitting on the floor last year. And so we want to, uh, of some of our brothers and sisters, white, Latino, uh, 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 Hispanic, they, they want, and, and Asians, different types of Asians, second generation Asian Indian church and uh, uh, Korean churches, Chinese churches, different ones wanted to come together with us um, during our time of fasting. And they're taking their Wednesday and doing the same. They're going to come hang out here with us. We're going to have a time of confession, of racial sin, testimony, and prayer. And so uh, don't be scared to come. You've been putting a bunch of stuff on the internet, now come out and help work on something. You know, uh, you, you know every time something happens, you, 
come on out. Let's, you know, let's, let's, let's get to work. And so we're going to both pray, but then we, y'all know we're going to be doing acts of justice and mercy this year. And you know where we stand on doing that in relation to it being an outgrowth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, then Thursday, actually, we're going to have our sister church, our daughter church is here. Uh, everybody except for Epiphany LA will be here with us. This will be the first time that we seek the Lord as churches as a family of churches, so we'll be here on Thursday and Friday, boom. You know, we won't do a whole bunch of week-long things, so come on out, and then Friday, you're going to break the fast. We're going to break the fast together and in uh, and, 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 and your small group, so if you're not in a life group, you can go online, find one, and bring a dish. Don't come stomach growling. Bring something and, um, and, 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 and minister uh, uh, to one another and, and talk about what the Lord did in and through you. All right, let's stand to our feet. I'm glad to have my family here. A bunch of them are here down from the DMV. So I'm thankful that my sister, brothers, brother-in-love, sister-in-love, nieces, nephews, all of them are hanging out. Y'all can just put up your hand real quick. All y'all, all y'all, my family, my family, yeah, yeah. Hanging out with us today. Now, now I'm going to let y'all know something. This is the first Sunday of the year. And the first service left me out there by myself. Now, I, I'm going to just let y'all know something. I don't... I don't uh, lecture, so this is not a lecture. That, that means I need some help. So, so I'm going to let y'all know you're free to. Now, I need at least about 10. Now, I know some of y'all ain't feeling help. That's not how I'm wired, whatever. I need every now and then I'm an African-American leading a multi-ethnic church. So I'm just letting you know I need cultural and multicultural interaction. They left me by myself, just me and the ghost, and some people, uh, somebody got saved and all of that, but I still need, in Jesus' name, some help, because, and I want you to act like you're excited to be in a new year. I want you to act like you're excited, you know. And, it, and, and really, really, it's not for me. The Bible says, let everything that have breath, what? So all I'm saying is I, I ain't looking for affirmation of me. I'm looking for if, if something rubs you the right way or the wrong way from God's word, you ought to say amen. And if you can't say amen, you should say ouch. All right. All right. So, so, that, so that's it. That's it. Let's, 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 I even wore a suit for y'all today. Y'all know I don't wear no suits hardly here because y'all don't wear no suits. I wore a suit for y'all today, you know. Um, so let's get up in Psalm 23. Let's dig into this passage. You know how we do. I'll start reading with you, and um, you keep on going. Let's do it. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Keep going. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Yeah. Amen. I want, to, I want to tag the text that we're going to be in today, Psalm 23, and this is for your year. The Lord will take care of you. That's all I want to say today. The Lord, well, why don't you look at somebody beside you and say, neighbor, 
I don't know if you know it yet or not. But the Lord will take care of you. Well, they're not feeling you. Look at the other person on the other side of you. Because they're not feeling you. And say, neighbor, have you ever been through anything? Okay, come on back. Neighbor, have you ever been through anything that you recognize that the Lord will take care of you? Amen, 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 amen. Let's go before him. Lord, Lord of all creation, um, we thank you that you've never left us by ourselves. Um, you have been a constant, the only constant in our lives. And so we begin this year with a standalone. I know we'll be back in our series next week, Lord, through 2 Corinthians. But I just feel led to just encourage your people that you will take care of them. And Lord God, I just pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart will be acceptable in your sight, O oh God, our strength and our redeemer in whom we trust. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Everybody agree with that said? Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Um, one of the things that we got to realize as the people of God is that all of our life is a journey with the Lord. There is, the, the, your life and my life is supposed to be a constant movement with God towards God. Uh, Eugene Peterson says in his classic book that a disciple is one who is in a lifelong apprenticeship to Jesus Christ and they travel with God going to God. Uh, that, that, that's, that's paradoxical to me if you ask me, because if you know Christ is your Savior, you're, you're journeying with God. But because God is in all present God, you're not only with God, but you're going ultimately to God. Because all of the God that you're experiencing now isn't all of himself that you're going to experience forever. And so walking on this, this, this uh, planet it, it, it is, is, is a prophetic pilgrimage towards paradise. And because it's a prophetic pilgrimage towards paradise, even now pertinent in our progress is his person putting power in our lives every single day. And so I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that God is powerful. I'm so thankful that he's present. I'm so thankful that he'll never leave me nor forsake me. I'm so thankful that when I have ups and when I have downs, I can look to my left and I can look to my right and even within me and know that he's there. Yeah. And, and so you, you, you have a young shepherd boy um, who was a shepherd at one time and God brought him into the palace of a king. He went um, from wearing the stenches uh, of the neighborhood to now uh, wearing uh, uh, the, the, the cologne of the kingdom. And, 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 so, and so as you begin to look at him and, and begin to see now, that this, but this dude didn't forget where he came from. Help me. And, and in other words, he didn't let his exaltation make him forget his humiliation. He, he, he didn't forget where he came from because where he came from uh, uh, allows him to remember how far the Lord has brought him. And so Psalm 23 
is him looking at not what God gave him, but the fact that God is the one who's with him. You got to be careful of being excited about what God gives and forget about him. So with all of the wealth and with all of the, he didn't say anything about what he had financially. He didn't talk about the type of palace that he lived in. He didn't talk about his crown. He didn't talk about his robe. He talked about the Lord. And the first thing out of his mouth that's the controlling part of this pericope is the Lord is my shepherd. I, I, I like that that defines the entirety uh, 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 of verses 1 to the end of the chapter because what he begins to say is he defines his statement and he defines his life by the shepherding work of the living God. As, as, as a matter of fact, that brings me to my first point. If, if you want to recognize that the Lord will take care of you, number one, you got to recognize first that the Lord provides relationship. He provides relationship. He says the Lord is my shepherd. Now, now what's interesting here is shepherd is not a noun. It's a verb. It's interesting that when David describes who God is, he talks about who he is based on what he has done. In, in, in other words, this, this God, God being a shepherd is his shepherding activity in the life of his people. Now, I know that many of you, uh, when you look uh, up here, you don't recognize uh, several things, what a shepherd is, but, 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 but because I know we live in uh, concrete jungle United States, but um, a, a shepherd back in their day was the lowest of the totem pole uh, dudes who shepherded sheep, uh, and they lived a nomadic lifestyle. Um, even though they were at the lowest of the totem pole, they were well-respected for their consistency. They were well-respected for, uh, uh, for their willingness uh, 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 to love on the sheep. They, they were willing when one sheep went away to leave the flock, and they would go and put the sheep on their back and walk the sheep back to their flock, even if the sheep uh, was bringing excrement on his shoulders, he was excited because he was bringing the sheep back to the flock. Now, now, now when you apply that to God, God is the one who ultimately provides the most relationship, and what he does is he's gone after you and came and got you. I don't know if you know it or not, but you didn't find yourself. You, you didn't find yourself. God wasn't lost. You were. He came after your loss behind in your, in your valley and in your mess, and he came after you. Uh, but, but it says, the Lord is my shepherd. So you may know now maybe what a shepherd kind of is, but, but you got to know who he is. And so the, the, in order to be impressed with the fact that the Lord is a shepherd, you got to know who the Lord is. Now, L-O-R-D here caps, you can't see it in English. This is not Adonai, uh, the surname of, uh, of the sovereign Lord, but here it is Yahweh, the covenant name of God. And, and in other words, it means he's the self-existing one. Uh, grandmama used to say uh, he's God by himself and he don't need nobody else. Um, that, 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 that's what it means. She may not have had good English, but she had great theology um, because she understood that even though I haven't read the lexicons and I haven't read Calvin's Institutes and I haven't read the works of, uh, of Luther and I haven't read the Nicene Church Fathers, I know enough in my life that God is God and he is bigger than everything. He's larger than everything. And that was enough for me. 
And so when he talks about God being the covenant Lord, it also points to the fact um, in him being the covenant Lord that because he's in covenant with you, he's in relationship with you. Now, in order to appreciate that he's the shepherd, you got to know the massivity of who he is. In other words, uh, the Bible gives Yahweh several aliases. I like the fact that God got aliases, but you can't leave the alias by itself because his alias doesn't communicate the sum total nature of his massivity. In other words, that alias is only communicating one aspect of who he is so that you can get excited about that. But we need the kaleidoscope of all of the things that he is. But even when you subtotal all of the surnames of God that his aliases are in the Bible, they still don't bring out the subtotal of his omniscience and his omnipresence and his omnipotence. But just to, 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 to give you a fancy this morning, I'll give you a few of his aliases. And one of his aliases is Jehovah uh, Elyon, which means of the Lord Most High. Another one is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. Another one is Jehovah Makadishim. His name is the Lord our sanctifier. He's also Jehovah Nisi or Yahweh Nisi, the Lord our banner. He's also Yahweh Rapha, the Lord is our healer. He's also Yahweh Saboah or Shalom. He's the God who is our peace. He's also Yahweh Shema, which means he's the Lord who is present. And he's also Jehovah Sikanu. He's the Lord our righteousness. He's also Jehovah Yeshua. He's the Lord, my salvation. But then last but not least, which we talk about right here, is he's Jehovah or Yahweh Roy, our shepherd. And a shepherd does several things. He leads, he feeds, he cares, he knows, and he protects. Let me say that again. Uh, He leads, he feeds, he cares. He knows, and he leads you, we'll see that in a second, he knows you uh, intimately. He cares for you, he comes after you, yes. he, and he protects you, the shepherd does. But what happens is, it's just because you call God your shepherd doesn't mean you're functioning with him as your shepherd. It's possible to be a believer that's blood-bought and not functionally live under the reality of the fact that God is your shepherd. And so the whole of your life is jerry-rigged and booby-trapped for you to see the, sh- the shepherding power of God. Uh, because when you're under the, well, see, let me, let me explain something to you, real, real practical. Um, when, 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 when you are under the shepherding hand of God, you require less from people. Okay, see, let me see if I can, let me see um, if I can, if I can make sense. Yeah. Um, See, some of y'all are hyper needy. And you're always relationally disappointed. And can I say the reason why you may be relationally disappointed is because you need people too much. Okay. See, 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 when you, when you, when you need people too much, you ascribe to them more than they were designed to be. Uh, when I used to do all of the premarital counseling by myself, I used to do all of it. Um, we had 14 couples in there, and, and I'd tell them, how did you meet? And they'd be holding hands and carrying on. Hold my hand, baby. They'd be holding hands all in the meeting, and they look at each other, and stars show up in their eyes magically. And then they look at each other. How did you Well, we met. Um, he was, he, can I tell a story? You tell it, boo. You tell it. No, you tell it. What do you love about it? They say, there's nothing wrong with him. He was the perfect guy. I'm like, they're in trouble. 
They're in trouble. And they're in trouble. Know why you're in trouble? Because you can't marry anybody that you don't see nothing wrong with. Now, 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 I'm just telling you. Because, let me tell you why. Now, some of y'all looking for the perfect person. You're not going to find them, and you're not that person. See, you know, you know the subliminal message when you say, I'm looking for the perfect person, is you think you're perfect. That's the subliminal message. And so what happens is, is you overstock your mind with what they are, setting yourself up for disappointment because you've made somebody else your shepherd, not the Lord your shepherd. But when the Lord is your shepherd, you can deal with other people. Okay. You, you can deal with brokenness because you know you broke. You can deal with being frustrated people because you know you frustrated a lot. You can deal with somebody that's sick because you know you've been sick. And you know that God deals with you in mercy and justice and in grace. See, you need somebody that's messed up around you to be a reflection of your messed upness. I got to move. But see, that's when you say, oh, I can deal with this because God deals with me. You can tell what somebody is experiencing from God based on how they deal with the brokenness in others. And so the more the Lord is your shepherd, the easier it is to deal with other people. And so, and, so, and, so, and, so, and so what we have to begin to do, what we have to begin to do is we have to begin to need God more and everybody else is an appetizer. Everybody else, uh, you know, if they don't do something for you, you're just like, okay, you know. Because you know why I ain't really frustrated? Because the Lord is my shepherd. Now that don't mean you're structuring your life around trifling people. Because somebody's like, dang, I can marry him now, or her now. I'm like, no, no, no. Y'all take stuff too far. Lasso you back. Lasso you back. Blad out. All right. Um, because what you begin to do is you recognize as the person you know that nobody can fix you. Nobody can deal with you like the Lord. And you, you got to one day get tired of taking your life and soul to non-manufacturing third-party servicers. Let me see if I make a plan. Long time ago, my wife and I had, my wife had this teal Honda Accord. Um, it, it had like 250 miles on it, all right? And it was still going, but something broke down. You know, when you pay a car off, it finally starts showing its real colors. Don't you hate that? It was acting all right, all under the powertrain. They didn't have powertrain back then, but you know, I mean, man, we, we was like, man, money was a little tight. Not a little tight, it was tighter than tight. It was, it was tighter than a tailored suit on a guy that the suit was tailored too small for him. That's how tight it was. I mean, the buttons were shaking in our finances. And, and we needed to get the Honda fix. And so this dude was like, yeah, man, take it to my brother around the corner. You know, you ain't got it. You know what I'm saying? He work on some cars. I was like, bet. How much I'm paying? About a bean, about a hundred. All right, a hundred. Oh, hundred? Wow. Just buy the part and just pay for $100 labor. Matter of fact, give him 50. I'm like, okay. Take it around there and he, he, 
He tore our car up. And I mean, I, I didn't know what to do to the dude that recommended him. But I had to end up taking it to the dealer who was a certified manufacturing outlet. And when I, had to, when I took it there, they said, who worked on your car? I said, just please, <laughs> just, <laughs> just, you know, just, you're going too deep now, you know. <laughs> and not only did they fix what he messed up, they fixed the original problem. But I would have spent less money if I would have went to the manufacturing outlet first in the first place versus trying to save, I lost by trying to save. All I'm trying to tell you today is the Lord is a sufficient enough shepherd where you should go to him first, not last. He's sufficient. He's a great and mighty God. And, 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 and you got to stop letting people take his place in your life. I got to move. Uh, he says, I shall not want. That means I got all I need. I got all I need, and even when I need, I'm okay. See, some of our needs are greeds. See, some of y'all are like, well, I ain't got steak. God like, but you got spam. That's it. Oh, my bad. Spam. Um, uh, anyway, yeah, go just go in the store. Just ask my man what spam is, and you'll get the sermon. But in other words, we want luxury versus a need. And when we don't have our greed, we equal our greed with a need. But God doesn't provide greeds, he provides needs. And everything above that is just a blessing. And so he says, I have, I have what I want. Next, next point, I got to move. Secondly, uh, the Lord provides replenishment and rest. The Lord provides replenishment and rest. Look at what it says. It says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. I like this. Now, what's interesting about this here is the shepherding imagery is when the shepherd is, is calling the sheep to take a break from the travels that they're on. Now, makes here is not an imperative of force. In other words, Hebraically in the Hebrew is not saying that he makes us, you know, nobody's taking sheep, eat. He's not doing that. But, 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 but a smoother way of communicating it is he provides the opportunity for it. In other words, the assumption is when you get by still water and you get in green pastures and the, and the shepherd stops, you eat and you drink and you rest. But some of us don't know how to rest. See, God's never going to make you rest. He's going to lead you into the opportunity for you to rest. And you have to take the opportunity to do it. He's not going to force you to. See, it was an article out that said Americans work more than anybody across the globe. It says 53% of Americans do not use up all their vacation time a year. And they said, um, it talked about the fact that, America, that Americans are, are just working too much. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it, we built such a horrible culture in America that if you were like on a real job, I ain't talking about like, I'm talking about a real, real job. You take, a, you take, a, you take your break, your lunch break, everybody looking at you like, they're not serious. <laughs> it's like, hold on. 
The law says every four hours I get a break. I'm here 12 hours. I'm only taking 45 minutes to eat. Well, you should eat at your desk behind the computer. It's like an unspoken rule of foolishness. People need break. God, God wants you to stop because br- taking a break is trust in the Lord. If you don't trust, like we got this global grind culture. You know, you, you see them, you know, up on the, uh, you know, uh, the breakfast club. They say, this is Charlemagne the God, DJ Envy and Angela Yee. Um, and he starts going out. And, you know, we got a special guest in the building. We got a special guest in the building. A legend. A legend. How you doing? You. What you been up to? Oh, you know, I, I just got out the studio four in the morning, came straight here. You know, I'm going back to the studio. You know what I'm saying? Tonight, man, just putting out this mixtape. Just get my mixtape, it's coming out tomorrow. Then the album's dropping next week. Then I got another mixtape coming out. Then I'm going over here to this. It's just like, what is happening? Because we value being busy. But my Bible says my God provides for me even when I'm asleep. But that doesn't mean you don't work hard. It just means your life ain't all about work. And so that means when God, God gives you opportunity to rest, sit your behind down. Let me just tell you what the Lord had to teach me. This church belongs to the Lord. He had to teach me that. He had to teach me that. <coughs> and that means <coughs> leaders are trained, elders are raised up. Guess what I need to do? Take a break. So if y'all don't see me, I'm resting. I'm kissing on her, hallelujah. You understand what I'm saying? I'm hanging with my, my boys. We resting or something, fighting. I'm kissing on my daughter. I'm chilling. I'm looking at creation. And you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm reading a book. I'm getting, a, getting, a, getting worded up and strengthened and replenished so that I can be something when I come back. Let me just tell you something. I had, listen, you have to learn that the thing that you don't trust the Lord the most with is the very thing he will test you with. Because listen, his desire is for you to recognize that he's your shepherd. And at the end of the day, he's going to push you that direction. So sometimes he'll take away from you the thing you're working for. Some of y'all are working hard and grinding and God will not let you have it because he knows that if he gives it to you, he'll no longer be your shepherd. Some of y'all been praying, God, you ain't coming through. He said, no, I ain't coming through for you. He said, because coming through for you isn't you forgetting about me. See, when the Lord's your shepherd, you remember that when the grind is on, not just when it's also that the shepherd would lead them to rest in order that they may be, may be replenished. <clears throat> Look at what it says next. It says, he restores their soul. See, real rest gives you a sense of soul restoration. And then the work is easier because, because, I mean, I used to think I had to get all this work done during the week, and I realized I was getting six months worth of work done in two weeks, killing myself. And I said, I got I to gotta chill. I, I, I gotta, I'm going to work, but I need to learn how to rest and let God restore my soul and replenish me. And that's what you guys have to do. That's what we all have to do. Jesus Christ is the example of that. It, it most, you know, it's interesting. Jesus is doing a sermon, killing it, healing people by the shore. He says, start the boat up, Peter. Start it up. Peter's going, they ain't had it back then, but just follow me. <laughs> so, um, and so he says, start the boat up, Peter. And so Jesus says, now unto him who was able to keep it from something, heal him, from the, get out of him, demon. He's going off on the water. 
Then he says, I'm going to the mountain. He walks off. They go across the water. The Bible says because he had to be alone. He went to be alone with the Lord in the mountain. Now, this is the coolest scene to me in the Bible. Now, I, it's a lot of videotapes of the Bible I want to see when we go to heaven. Not videos, um, DVR, whatever. But, <clears throat> but what I want to see is when Jesus met them in the water. Now, you got to understand, Jesus comes off the mountain, and he just walks across the water. <laughs> That's, that, that is about the flyest thing on the planet. And Jesus walks across the water. It's storm going on. Oh, the, the water's shaking. He just walking through the water. And they said they thought he was a ghost. And, he was like, and, he, and then he gets on the boat with him. Guess what Jesus was doing? Getting rest. It was restful for him to use his power to walk on water and talk to his father. And he, guess what he did with Peter? He invited Peter to come out there with him to be with the father in the midst of a storm. See, we got to learn that, 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 that Jesus, if Jesus in his incarnation needed to rest, how much more do we need to rest and be replenished? That's why some of our lives, are just, we're just running ourselves in the ground. We're eating everything under the sun, killing ourselves because we don't have time to fix a decent meal. So we're getting corner store cheesesteaks and processed food. Oh, anyway. Somebody said, I was about to go get one at the church, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Messing with my diet. And you washing it down with a soda and whatever else. And, you, and then you go to sleep, wake up, and you're still tired. Because you're running your body in the ground. And wonder why. You never have rest because you don't put things in your life. And I'm talking to myself so that I can be replenished for what God wants us to do. It's nothing wrong with that. That's God shepherding you through eating, through resting, through getting a good night's rest. Help me. When you rest, you don't watch all of the shows you missed on Netflix for a week. I saw, I'm just for free. That's for free. That's for free. Some of y'all like this. But y'all get the drift. He said, he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So that means he begins to lead you <coughs> in things that you shouldn't walk in. <coughs> and walking in his rightness and his name being glorified in and through you while you're on the road following him. And see, that, 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 when you rest, you can get up and you can see righteousness now. <coughs> Some of your greatest mistakes and foolish mistakes that you make is when you're unreplenished and you're not thinking clearly. <laughs> when you get burnt out, you create functional savers to, saviors to hold you over because you're not allowing the Lord to shepherd you. I got to move. Next point. <laughs> the Lord, listen, the Lord provides reassurance. I love that. It says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of the death, I shall fear no evil <sighs> for you are with me, your rod and staff, they comfort me. So when the shepherd would lead them through the valleys, there would be all types of sounds. And you got to understand, sheep had very high senses. They, they couldn't see far 
but their peripheral vision, because their eyes are on the sides of their head, they saw very, very well. Their sense of hearing was extremely keen. They have excellent hearing, and they also have even more of a high, keen smell. And so when they would go in the valley, it would be coyote and packs of wolves and foxes and all different types of things. And what would happen is in the presence of the shepherd, they would get fearful of all of those things around it. So he says, in the midst of that, the rod and thy staff, they comfort me. One would hook you and one would hit you. So, 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 so what would happen is, 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 is that the, the sheep would get disciplined if they pull off. He didn't, bat, he didn't you like hit a sheep with a club, you know what I'm saying? Knock the sheep out and the sheep get back up. <clears throat> For my animal rights activists, that's not what he's talking about here. But <clears throat> what he would do is if they went off, he'd hook them back into the fold so they wouldn't go off anywhere. That was his discipline, his process of hooking you back in. How many times have God had to hook you back in? How many times he had to hook you? And the reason why it's hurt, because you were trying to work against the hook. <laughs> you hurt yourself. He didn't hurt you. I can stay there all day, but I got to keep moving. But, but, but then, but, but another thing he would do is he would protect them from predators. So if they heard the predators, what they would do is they would get very, very fearful. And when one tried to come up and bite the leg of the sheep, the shepherd would hit some stuff. You, it's some stuff in your life that was coming towards you that you don't even know that the Lord hit. Before it got to your side, before it got to you, the shepherd of your souls, the shepherd of your life took his rod and he hit the enemy and badgered the enemy to stay away from you. I got to keep moving. But not only that, he also reassures us by letting us know that he's present. See, the sheep, when they would hear they would get scared. And so the shepherd would know that the sheep were trembling. And guess what? This is all he'd do. He'd use his staff and just tap them. The tap was just to let them know, I hear it and I'm here. I, I, I hear it. You ever had something in your life that had you wigging out and the Lord just tapped you? You had some hell breaking loose in your life. And what's funny is the shepherd didn't go out and engage the enemy. He let the sound continue so that the sheep would learn to respond to the tap. There's some stuff in your life that God won't stop. He wants to teach you to respond to the tap. How's he tapping you? How's the Lord tapping you today, touching you? He said, I will feel no evil because he's with me. Yes. Next point, the Lord provides recompense. He says, he, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. I love this because the imagery changes even though it's under the shepherding idea. The imagery changes from a shepherd to a host. And so you've been going through some things with some people, been having some haterations on you. And what happens is the idea here is, is of a king inviting people to his home. And a lot of people are in the house. And so, and there's some haters watching, right? And what the king does, he said, he prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemy. So what the king does, he said, oh, you here, come on up. And you all in the back and you and everything. And then he, he goes like this and the king personally picks up a table 
brings you to the front. He says, this is for you. Come on, bring them up, bring them up. And he prepares, he goes like this and prepares a table, tell you to sit down. And he lets you sit there and he vindicates you in the face of people who were hating on you. But you're not supposed to like look back and say, You know, some of y'all, y'all like when the haters get hit up. you like, see my t- table is in the presence of my enemy. <laughs> when you're vindicated, all you got to do is sit at the table and eat and let the Lord do it. But then God goes further, and when, you, when, you, when, and when he come in the house, he washes you off. They, they, and that day they wash you off, and then they took oil and poured on your head and massaged it. And put oil on your face and wash your feet and put oil on your feet. That's why when Jesus came in the house and the woman with the alabaster box came in and he said, she's doing this for me, but you own the house and you ain't do nothing for me. Who honors me more? So guess what Jesus is, I mean, God is pointing out in his passage to David how he honors us. For his name's sake, I got to move. Last point, I'm out your way, I promise. We saw that the Lord provides relationship that the Lord provides replenishment, the Lord provides reassurance, and he provides recompense. But then finally, the Lord promptly runs after us. I like that. He says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me or overtake me all the days of my life. Goodness points to transcendent enjoyment. Mercy points to loyalty. In other words, all the days of your life, God, the the terminology is conquering terminology. And so God is going to cause grace and mercy or goodness and mercy to come and overtake you and overshadow. That means whether you're in a valley or whether you're on a mountain, God gives you transcendent joy. means joy is satisfaction with God no matter what. That means you can go through the most difficult thing in your life and have some joy. See, that's the beautiful thing about joy is joy isn't based on circumstances. It's based on a shepherd. Joy isn't based on what you're going through. Uh, Joy is based on who you have in you. Joy isn't based on your persecution. It's based on an eternal person. Joy is not based on your affliction. It's based on the assurance that God is present in your life. And I like it ultimately that this points ultimately to Jesus, who in John 10, 11 says, the good, I am the good shepherd and I lay down my life for the sheep. In other words, his death on the cross makes our relationship personal with the living God. If you don't believe it's personal in the immortal words of uh, uh, Dr. Don Carson, he says this psalm is personal. How do I know it's personal? Because he says the Lord is my shepherd. He makes me lie down. He leads me. He restores me. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and they staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of surely goodness and mercy. See, after that, you should have shouted. 
when you recognize that God is personally engaging you as a loving king, personally loving you, taking time out of his eternality to take time with his omnipresence to come upon all of us, but so personal, he can engage each and every one of us individually. See, when you talk about God as a provider, that's what we're believing God for this year, is that you would never cease to recognize the shepherding work of the living God in every single area of your life, recognizing him as a provider, recognizing him as an uplifter, recognizing him as a strengthener, recognizing him as a dispenser of grace, recognizing him that he's your all in all, recognizing that he'll give you all you need. Make sure that he understands that he can take care of all of your needs and work everything out to the counsel of his own will. He's working and willing for you. His good pleasure is in every single area of your life, whether you're up or whether you're down or no matter what you're going through, the shepherd is able and is willing and is committed to ferociously showing himself off in you. In you. So as I close, don't ever forget. <coughs> don't give anything or anyone too much place in your life. There's only one who you believe in who will never disappoint you. And so I pray that as we begin off this year, we will spend another year charting through the fact that the Lord will take care of us. Father, we honor you and we thank you for all of your blessings and ultimately for you. You are the one who is the ultimate provider of all things for us. But ultimately you provide yourself. And we thank you for <clears throat> making yourself divinely available, Lord Most High, on our behalf, Lord God, so that we can deepen our relationship with you, deepen our fellowship with you, and to recognize you as our all in all. But may we find ourselves in you. Maybe someone here today 